Hey friends, and welcome to Seminary for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Sabrina Reyes-Peters. Today I'm introducing episode 8, in which I talk with my brilliant new acquaintance and comrade, Sonia. Sonia Lund is a student at the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology, pursuing her Master of Divinity, with the intent of becoming a chaplain. She was raised Presbyterian and was confirmed in the Episcopal Church in 2016. She has independently studied death and grief for several years and is a certified death companioning initiate through the School of American Thanatology. Her other interests of study are syncretism and intersections of Christianity and leftist politics. In this conversation, I ask Sonia about her thoughts on death and grieving, particularly as it pertains to many Christians. And we get to talk a little bit about about our experiences and a little bit about how, as Christians in a Western context, our theologies and our conceptions of death can be examined and reconceptualized to hopefully grieve in a healthier way. We muse a little bit on the afterlife, original sin, and praying, and talking to the dead. I hope you are as encouraged as I was by this conversation, especially in this time of collective grief. Here's episode eight. to the podcast, Sonia. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited and intrigued about the conversation uh, we will hopefully have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not a conversation I imagine a lot of people get to have, so I'm super excited in that respect, <laughs> and I'm really glad you had time to come on and talk to me. Um, so uh, we're going to be talking about death uh and uh i'm curious as to what what got you interested or like intrigued more about the relationship that uh christians have with death yeah so um the thing that got me thinking about it really specifically like starting to ask questions about how do we as Christians, particularly American um, Christians, how do we think about death, was a few years ago, I came across the book Original Blessing by Matthew Fox. He's a former Dominican priest, um, and he's currently an Episcopal priest. And the thesis of Original Blessing, it's basically sort of presenting an alternative theology for um, for like what is 
humanity worth in creation, um, sort of countering the idea of original sin and offering up this vision of original blessing instead. Um, and one thing that he points out in sort of interrogating uh, original sin is he talks about how um, sort of the, the understanding of death is that it's a product of original sin, is that Adam and Eve went against God and sinned and brought sin into the world, and one of those consequences mm -hmm. of that sin is death. Um, but what Fox points out in the book is, you know, if we accept the Big Bang Theory and evolution and basically the billions of years that went into creating Earth, then there's a lot of fire and flood and destruction of countless life forms, bacteria and plants and animals that went into making the planet habitable for Homo sapiens in the first place. Mm. And so if there's all this death that happens before humans are around to even make consciously make the decision to go against you know, what God says is good, then how do we account for that? How do we account for death before people are around to supposedly bring death into the world? And it got me thinking about how do we as Christians define death? And what do we mean when we talk about Christ defeating death? And how does that affect the way that we relate to when our loved ones die or the idea of our own mortality? Yeah, uh, it's really interesting how uh, the, I don't want to call it like the doctrine of creation, because not all Christians uh, are creationists, um, mm -hmm. but growing up in a fundamental type uh, evangelical uh, context, like I always heard that like the, the seven day creation story is like the foundation, because if that's not true, then like, what's the point of everything else? And I think mm -hmm. it's interesting how, like, what happens if you take that away? Like, oh, like what do you do with death? And I'm wondering if, um, and this is, like, tangential, um, mm -hmm. but a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, like, like, if that's a reason, that's a reason some people even hang on to, like, the, the creation um, myth and, instead of you know, asking themselves questions of like, oh, maybe, maybe this happened, maybe we got here like a different way, or like maybe the Genesis story and narratives, they don't really give us the entire picture. Like, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if people hang on to that simply because they don't want to think about those mm -hmm. other questions. But yeah, mm -hmm. I totally think that, um, you know, my mother works a lot with people coming out of more fundamentalist backgrounds. And for a lot of them, they have this experience of basically the faith being built up as a house of cards. And if you remove one thing, the whole thing falls apart. Um, so there, there probably is this fear of if we question this thing, then what does that mean about all these other things? Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned um, you got to thinking about how generally, uh, how Christians generally define death. Uh, so when you talk to people who identify as Christians, um, how do they usually 
define death or um, how do they usually think of death when they talk about it, you found? Yeah, when I've talked to people, because I've asked my friends and community several times over the years since I started asking myself these questions. I was like, what, what do we mean when we talk about death? In my experience, we kind of talk about it in two different ways. There's physical death, like the death of the human body or of an animal or a plant, you know, that kind of thing, just the cessation of bodily biological function. Um, and then there's kind of what I would maybe distinguish as capital D death, or um, it's more like um, kind of the cessation of existence on like a spiritual level um, mm -hmm. or just total oblivion, um, permanent separation from God kind of thing. And what I found is because we use the same word for both um, bodily death and this sort of oblivion and separation, um, I found that that makes it kind of confusing to talk to Christians about death. Um, because, yeah, like, which are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, we ran into that the other day on Twitter when mm -hmm. um, a certain a Twitter-er posted a poll about, uh, you know, how, like, what happened to death as a result of the fall. Like, uh, did we simply become enemies of death and um, what death introduced? I think those, that's kind of the way he he presented it. I, I could be um, misremembering some details, but, like, just with that question there, like, you run into this assumption that all Christians look at death in a certain way. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, I'm kind of trying to find the tweet, but I've had a lot of tweeting lately, so it's a little <laughs> um, But yeah, like I remember I responded to that poll by saying, what do we mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think what makes it challenging is like we say that like Jesus conquered death. Um, and... Like there's, I think it's in the, in St. John Chrysostom's Easter homily that um, my church, St. Mark's Cathedral reads every Holy Saturday um, for our nighttime homily. And they, and he says something about like, basically death has been annihilated. Death has been destroyed. And obviously people still die. Mm -hmm. Our bodies yeah. <laughs> stop functioning. But it's talking about this other thing, but we use the same word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so confusing. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm curious, what else uh, have you found? How do Christians relate to the subject of death or like uh, death in general, like when they encounter, when they encounter death? There are so many ways, um, but what I've found is sort of sometimes you know there's a pretty healthy relationship with death i was really lucky to grow up in a family where death and grief were not pathologized or mm -hmm. stigmatized in any way um my first grief experience was when a beloved family cat got old and had to um, be euthanized 
And I, that's the first time I saw my mother cry. She cried over mm-hmm. the loss of the cat. And when I thought I was like seeing the cat around or all kinds of other things, I had weird feelings at random times. My mom said, yeah, I feel that too. I see that too. This is normal. So I got really lucky. But um, I think what can happen when in a lot of Christian communities is the stigma of this capital D death that is oblivion, separation, however you want to think of it, um, it gets transferred on to bodily death. And and then just our own mortality becomes becomes a horror. Um, To use a term from this author, Atul Gawande, which if you haven't read his book, Being Mortal, listeners, it is extremely good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it a bestseller um, for a while? Yeah, I probably. It seems like okay. every time I bring it, that book up, people are like, oh, yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> it blew my mind when I started like getting into lay chaplaincy um, or like exploring that. But um, I also find that sometimes people talk about bodily death like it's not a big deal and not worth having feelings about. And so then there's no room for grief to occur because, oh, their soul's in heaven. They're okay. So why are you sad that, you know, the, that the body is dead? And there's no room for saying, well, the person is gone. Like they are not here anymore. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm feeling and what I'm grieving. Um, so, yeah, again, there's sort of that weird conflation of, either bodily death and mortality is this horrible thing um, because it is conflated with oblivion of the soul, like they're like the soul ceasing to exist or because the soul still exists, just not here in a body. That means that bodily death is nothing to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it would be wise to be cautious with, kind of going super hard either way like I try not to be too flippant about bodily death even though I think we shouldn't be afraid of our own mortality I try to still sit with the fear that I honestly do still feel um, about my own death or about the loss of my loved ones and I try to um, honor people's fears around being dead or the process of dying Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think it was a couple years ago now, it's been a while, but I had this conversation with someone, it was an acquaintance on Facebook, um, after I posted a quote from being mortal, um, that was about the importance of making sure that your life has a sense of purpose and meaning. Um, and even that you're in your dying, that you have a sense of autonomy and purpose because, that way you can sort of make peace with mortality and without that sense of purpose then mortality is as he said only a horror and i posted that quote because i found it very meaningful Mm. and an acquaintance said absolutely not like the word he used was bollocks (laughs) (laughs) i i hope i can say naughty words on the podcast Uh, um Yeah, and we had this whole conversation about death because he was very adamantly, it's like, no, death is bad. Bodily death is bad. All of death is bad. Always. It's evil. 
and I was trying to, at first I was just like, hey, no, I disagree. But then I was just trying to find out what is going on in him that he's having such a strong reaction. And what I ended up asking him and kind of where the conversation ended was I asked him, are you more afraid of being dead, like capital B, D, being dead, than you are of the process of dying or of what comes after for you? And he didn't respond. I assume he just got busy. Um, But uh, sort of hitting on that point of like, no, there's fear of being dead that I think the at least the American sort of Protestant, which is my own experience, I can't speak to others, but the American Protestant world doesn't always speak very effectively to. Hmm. Yeah, um, so I think maybe you were off Twitter for Lent, but I kind of yeah. took uh, this unformal <laughs> poll on Twitter like a couple of weeks ago, and I asked people, like, if when you think about Christians and death like what what do you think about and like uh uh, quite a few people were like oh like they really need to talk about it more and then one person was like i think of people who are very afraid of death (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i was like okay (laughs) yeah um that certainly relates to my experience i mean even after i quote unquote I just asked Jesus into my heart for the first time when I was eight or seven. I was seven years old. Like, I would still lie awake at night, like, wondering, like, what's going to happen when I close my eyes? Like, am I going to wake up the next morning or am I going to be, like, dead and somewhere else? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of uh, stigma uh, around it. Although, like, the one death that they don't seem to mind talking about is Jesus's death on the cross. People (laughs) talk about that all the time and they argue about it. (laughs) And sometimes there's really graphic language talking about his death, too. Like, um, it's not so much in the Episcopal Church, but I know when I see, like, evangelicals talking about death, they talk about being, like, washed in the blood of the Lamb, or we are covered in Christ's blood, and I'm like, that's a really gory image, yeah. and it's meaningful for you, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the one, that's sort of the one exception to, like, anxiety around death or fear around death is this death was the good one, basically, yeah. Um, I remember one time at Christmas. Um, I don't know how we got on this topic, but like my mom said, like, well, Jesus came to earth. Jesus was born to die. And I said, but wasn't Jesus also born to live? Like, are the, all of the teachings and all of that, are those not also really important? Um, <laughs> like, you know, we just had Holy Week for the Western calendar we're right in the middle of holy week for um the eastern church and so you know the importance of death and resurrection is obviously very much on our minds as Mm. a community um but also you know the rest of the rest of the gospels aren't nothing and the teachings of jesus aren't nothing um it's just 
the resurrection is a, also a very big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we can have both. Yeah. We can have both. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe you started to address this already, but like when Christians, when you meet Christians and like they're so obviously afraid of death and not like uh, I feel like they're there's like really afraid like horrified and terrified of death and then afraid is just like oh like it just makes me un- uncomfortable and mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk about it so what do you think and I again as I said I think you already started to um address this but why do you think there's that that attitude yeah I think there's a couple things going on um I think part of it is just that fear of death is very human um like I said earlier I still have fear around death myself even though um I've done a lot of work to be more comfortable with my own mortality um I remember last year there was some really sad news about a prominent um evangelical a writer who her husband died in a freak accident and that, you know, I'd never really heard of this woman. I just sort of seen her around on Twitter. But when I saw that story, I was really shaken by it. And I just couldn't stop thinking about what it would feel like to lose my own partner and how devastating that would be. So I'll have to say like, you can do a lot of personal work around death and still be afraid of it. And so I think a lot of Christians start from this very human fear of death. But also I, I wonder whether there's extra fear or discomfort because of the pressure to think of bodily death as not a big deal. Because when we lose our loved ones to death, it hurts and we grieve and mm, yeah it feels so much like it feels very big and so i wonder if that conflation of the the spiritual soul death that jesus conquered and the bodily death is still with, with us i wonder if that conflation um basically it makes it confusing to have to deal with the pain of someone dying like if death has been conquered, why does it hurt so much? And if it hurts so much, has it really been conquered? Like, yeah. is there something wrong with me or is or, or are we wrong about this? Is kind of where I wonder if, is sort of where the tension comes from. It's something that I'd love to talk to people more about, but it's kind of hard to like draw that out of folks. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, because it's like, okay, we're not just gonna talk about death, which is already really uncomfortable on a good day, not even... Yeah considering the pandemic but also I want to talk about your fear of death (laughs) that you you really got to build up trust with someone to be able to have that conversation and I would love to have it sometime with some folks so we will see yeah hopefully uh, you'll get an opportunity Mm -hmm. um so maybe maybe because a lot of Christians like to skip over the that the death part or uh maybe they do like look at the the narrative 
um, of the Gospels, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's the death, but oh, look, there's the resurrection. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. All themselves, like the people, the resurrection, or something along those lines. Uh, and they don't necessarily want to dwell on the death because uh, as we've been talking about like death is naturally something that we're afraid of um how might they allow room more room to recognize that it's okay to uh talk about death uh to acknowledge like a uh, grief um and accept that grief is uh, normal and it's okay. Like it's, it's just okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, So I have a lot of Eastern Orthodox friends and I've learned a lot from them. And one thing that really fascinated me was in the Orthodox tradition, there's this understanding that everything that God did through being incarnate as Jesus was redeemed. So the human body was redeemed through the incarnation. Um, And similarly, the bodily death was redeemed by Jesus dying. Mm. Um, Basically this idea that we don't need to think of it as a horror anymore because it has been touched by the holy, by the divine um, and experienced by the divine. And um, similarly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Orthodox theologians and ministers have brought this up specifically before. Um, but, you know, the, the the Saturday before Palm Sunday in the Orthodox Church is known as Lazarus Saturday. Um, it's hmm. commemorating Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. But I think important to that story is, you know, Jesus gets the news that, hey, your friend Lazarus, who you love very much, is about to die, you should go to him. But Jesus stays and grieves first. Like he grieves the impending loss of his friend, even though he knows he's going to show up and do this amazing thing and bring Lazarus back. He first experiences grief. And so I think of that. I think we in the Western tradition would do really well to remember that Jesus has grieved and has known death. And so we are not alone in our own death and grief because God has experienced it herself. And I think that is a good starting point for sort of re sort of reexamining our own relationships with death is knowing that on a very fundamental level, you know, God, knows what it is to feel those things and go through those things. Um, And I think what can also help us with dealing with the pain of grief and of loss is, you know, remembering that you can both grieve the loss of your loved one And also know that your relationship with them isn't gone. Um, I read this really lovely short little article in my Thanatology reader. Um, (laughs) Thanatology, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the study of death and dying. Um, It was by a 
a chaplain, you know, J.D. Kelly, and um, basically this argue the argument that this person makes is that loss is like it's not about bringing closure to a relationship when you're grieving. You're not thinking of yourself as like, okay, my relationship with that person is done, but rather just that it has radically changed. Hmm. Um, like you think about sort of in the media, you might see someone going and like talking to a loved one's grave and carrying on a conversation with um, sort of this representation of the person. And I've done that myself with my grandmother's grave. Uh, she's buried mm -hmm. in my city. And that understanding that you can grieve the loss of the physical presence of the person and your ability to continue to build a relationship with the person while also not needing to fear that they are completely like gone and that your relationship with them just does not exist anymore. There's the idea, the old Christian idea of the communion of saints that all Christians mm -hmm. living or dead are one, like are one family altogether. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a helpful sort of model to help people kind of think of themselves as still being in relationship with their deceased loved ones. Yeah, um, this is where I think, um, and I'm not up to speed on like all of the church traditions that do this, but like um, every Sunday as part of the, the liturgy Episcopalians, you know, we say, we say a prayer for those who are, who are dead and that they're no longer uh, with us physically. And I think that that has been helpful uh, for me just to think of that like changed relationship rather than oh this person's like gone forever I'll never see them again and like this is the end and like I don't get to mm -hmm. talk to them anymore mm -hmm. and and that so um, I know that uh, a lot of evangelical Protestants don't like to think about praying for the dead or things like that but mm -hmm. I would invite them to try it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not to sound like flippant or dismissive, because I know there's a lot of theological just things that go into everyone's relationship with the idea of praying for the dead. But, mm -hmm. you know, if we believe that the soul is eternal, why not? Not yeah, why exactly. not try and just have a conversation, even if it feels like you're talking to the empty air. Yeah. You know, why why not see how it makes you feel to talk to someone you miss? Yeah, exactly. Um, so along those lines, like, do you think that there are any foundational theological claims? Um, and again, uh, I am referring mostly to Western Christianity because I don't know a lot about like Eastern or Orthodox, um, but like the foundational theological claims um, that contribute to, uh, the way we think about death. Like at the beginning, um, of our talk, you mentioned, um, original sin. So I'm thinking of concepts that go along with that, maybe like, mm -hmm. uh, total depravity, like heaven mm -hmm. and hell afterlife. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like we talked about in the beginning, um, the doctrine of original sin, 
Um, I think it does negatively impact our ability to relate to death in a healthy way. Um, if we think of bodily death only as punishment um, or like sort of, yeah, just a natural consequence for the sin, like the guilt of the sin that we bear, um, that makes it hard to think of it as something that can even just be neutral. It doesn't even have to be a good thing because it hurts mm-hmm. so much. But yeah, like, you know, I've made my own decisions for what I want for done with my body based on the idea of my decaying body feeding new life. Mm. And I find that very beautiful. You know, that's something else that Matthew Fox points out in Original Blessing is that death feeds life. And that can be kind of hard to wrap your mind around if you think of death as only a horror. Mm. Uh, Something else, you brought up the afterlife and that's kind of a tricky one for me because, you know, the church teaches the soul is eternal and there is an afterlife. And we have various disagreements over the history of the church and between denominations and all these things about who goes where and is there more than one where and all yeah. of that. Um, what I've found, like what I've learned is that it's not so much that we need to not think about the afterlife, um, but I do know that there can be a lot of fear there as well. Um, my great-grandmother, she tragically, the last days of her life were full of fear because she grew up in a tradition that taught that you could lose your salvation. Mm, and yeah. obviously in this kind of tradition, when you lose your salvation, that means you're going to hell. Um, yeah. And so she was still terrified that she could somehow lose her salvation in her final days and that she wouldn't go to heaven. And no one should have to go through that when they're trying to just be at peace. Um, but something I that I, yeah, something that I did learn that might help with sort of being at peace with the end of one's life is not so much worrying about, like, where am I going to go? But what will I leave behind? Um the Diocese of Olympia, our diocese from the Episcopal Church, a few yes. years ago had this seminar on physician-assisted dying, which could probably be the topic of a whole other podcast, um, <laughs> theology of physician-aided dying. Um, yes. But one of the speakers at that seminar talked about the importance of helping the dying person put together basically a coherent story of their own life and what they've done and what they're leaving behind. And he said what he's found and what research has found is that when someone can look back on their life as a complete story that has meaning to it, there's peace with the fact that that story is now ending with your death. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, to reference the Orthodox, um, (laughs) I've noticed that, you know, when someone dies, you know, in Western Christian culture, we tend to say, oh, rest in peace. Like this idea of like what the soul is doing. Yeah. But what the Orthodox say is memory eternal. Hmm, right. Yeah. Yeah. And similarly, what Jewish folks say, um, because Jewish ideas about the afterlife are very complex and interesting. Um, but rather than talking about what the soul is up to, um, the Jewish saying is, may their memory be a blessing. Oh. And yeah, that's that very lovely? similar. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and so I think what can help us relate to our own mortality is not so much concerning ourselves with where am I going to go, though those questions are interesting, 
and sometimes anxiety provoking for me. Um, (laughs) I don't like the idea of not existing. I know it technically happened before I was born, but I wasn't there for that. I'm here now. And I, um, but I think the idea of, you know, right now I'm in the middle of my, I'm in the middle of my life. I'm on the journey of life. Who knows how long it will be. Um, and I, will eventually reach a point where I will hopefully be quite old and looking back on my life as it is reaching its completion. And I can say, this is the narrative arc of my life. This is the story I have created with my living. And there will be things that will be remembered about me. There will be stories told about what I've done. There will be people who are impacted by me, even if they never knew me. And that means that my life mattered. And now we can close the book on this thing that is my life. And whatever comes will come. I think that is extremely helpful. And it all also makes me think of um, uh, the little uh, story that you told about saying, well, d- didn't Jesus come to live as well? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't just like you know, acknowledge his birth and then skip over his life and then go straight to his death and and then the resurrection. I mean, his life has got to count for something. Therefore, mm-hmm. ours should count as well. Um, exactly. I think that's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's um, actually a great way to conclude this uh, very lovely conversation. Um, if people want to dialogue with you about death um what can they contact you and if so how should they contact you yes i would love to hear from folks um my twitter i don't take twitter very seriously so my twitter (laughs) handle is um at spooky underscore hobbit the you'll know my profile by the picture of the very fancy hearse that I took a picture <laughs> of when I went to the National Funeral History Museum. Nice. Um, I also do have a blog. It's called Mortal and Mystical, um, and there's links to that on my Twitter. And I, you know, I'm interested in death and mourning and grief, and so I write about that. And it's also a fairly new blog, just so people know. Um, <laughs> but also. I'm in seminary and I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. And so all kinds of spiritual ponderings and arguments and stuff goes on there. So people are welcome to check out what I have to say and comment to tell me if they think I'm wrong (laughs) or (laughs) what they think. Yeah. Just what they think about these things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to put uh, those links in the show notes. And again, Um, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me yeah thank you so much this is really good thank you for listening to seminary for the rest of us a show where everyone is welcome to God Talk. Find us on the web at seminary.show, on Twitter at seminaryshow, 
and or send us an email at seminary.show at gmail.com. Oh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a rating. Thanks again and catch you next time.